0: Welcome to the Happy Menopause Podcast with me, Jackie Lynch, nutritionist and founder of the Well, Well, Well Nutrition Clinic, where I specialise in women's health and the menopause. There are multiple ways that diet and lifestyle can support you through the challenges of midlife. And my latest book, The Happy Menopause Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish, is packed with all my best nutritional advice to help you tailor your diet to your menopause symptoms. Join me and my expert guests on a journey through midlife in this podcast and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. Have you ever tried reflexology? It's way more than just a fancy foot massage. In fact, it's been used for thousands of years as a therapeutic practice to support health and well-being and there's an emerging evidence base of the very real impact it can have on you and your menopause symptoms. I'm a fairly recent convert to the wonders of reflexology, and I know it makes a huge difference to me. So to find out more and to understand the research behind it, I've called on the help of expert reflexologist and teacher, Sally Earlam to share her wisdom with us. But first, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Better You, who make it possible for me to produce this podcast. We need optimum levels of vitamin D to absorb the calcium, which keeps our bones strong and healthy. And that's why a supplement really is a non-negotiable for women in midlife. Vitamin D also plays a key role in supporting immune function, protecting against infection, and it can influence our mood and mental health too. I'm a big fan of the Better You vitamin D oral sprays, which include products suitable for all the family that are very simple to use and with a delicious peppermint flavour. Discover their full range of vitamin and mineral sprays and their wonderfully calming magnesium products, which come as lotions, bath salts and skin sprays, by visiting betteryou.com forward slash THM, where listeners can get 20% off at checkout using the code THM, subject to terms and conditions. So that's B-E-T-T-E-R-Y-O-U dot com forward slash THM plus the discount code THM, which stands for The Happy Menopause. Nice and easy to remember. And so on to today's episode. I'm delighted to welcome Sally Earlham to the podcast. She has a background in nursing and has been a reflexologist for 24 years. She's also a trained teacher and has previously taught the reflexology diploma, but she now focuses on teaching advanced courses for qualified reflexologists in menopause, maternity, and mindful reflexology. She's just the right person to introduce us to it all. So let's hear what she's got to say.
1: Welcome to the Happy Menopause, Sally. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me today to talk about reflexology and the menopause.
0: Oh, it's a great pleasure. I think you're going to be sharing loads of wisdom. So we're really pleased that you're here and can't wait to hear what you've got to say. But before we go into that, first of all, Sally, tell us your story. What's your background? And how did it lead to where you are now?
1: Okay, I started my working career as a nurse. I did a nursing degree up in Edinburgh. Was that something you'd always wanted to do? Yes, it, it was. It was, I knew I wanted to be in a caring profession. The school I went to was very pushy that you had to do a degree. We were just given our Ucker forms as they were at that oh, time. I remember UCA forms. Which is why I ended up going via a degree route, which in that day wasn't that common. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I wanted to be in a supportive, caring role. And so nursing, yes, absolutely. Our family has a lot of medics, nurses, vets, right. in it, so it's so oh, how interesting. In our genes as well. But I then went on, I did just a couple of general staff nursing positions, and then I moved down to London and for ten years I was a Macmillan research nurse and I was looking at quality of life in patients with advanced bowel cancer. Right. So Absolutely, you know, loved the role, but it did take its toll as well.
0: Mm, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, they were patients with a a terminal diagnosis.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was then given an incredible opportunity to go and work at the King's Fund in London, which is about policy for healthcare, really. Oh, right. And I was on their evidence-based practice program. So... A lot of that role, I wrote a book on evidence based practice. I also had to go and run workshops on how to read research papers. This was before NICE guidelines, and I was teaching multidisciplinary teams. And probably the first half hour of every session was me having to justify to the medics that I did know I was talking about. So, it was quite challenging on Yes, it can't have been
0: easy, I would imagine, particularly back then.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was a very different world back then. The funding then ran out for that. So, I went and I did the same role, actually, but as a consultant And this was a time in my life when I was probably paid more than I ever have been or will be paid for a job. Right. I was really unhappy. My children were young. I was traveling a lot. And I thought, I've lost that caring, supportive role. So what am I going to do?
0: Yes, you'd lost that connection with the patient. Absolutely.
1: So I started looking at complementary therapies and I thought that's somewhere where you'd have the time with people again. Now, there was no evidence at this point, but reflexology sort of kept popping up in my head. And I thought, I can understand that because you're working with nerves, you're working with circulation and lymphatics. So I bit the bullet and I went and trained. If I'm honest, when I first qualified, I was very sceptical. As to whether it worked or not, and can I ask how long ago that was? I mean, how old oh, were you? Yes, this was twenty-four years ago. So right. I was mid forties. Right? Is that right? <laughs> 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 no, no, mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years to my life. Um. So yes, you know, reflexology was hardly heard about. Most people at that mm. point were saying, "Well, don't even never heard of that? What is it?" So I was rather skeptical, but I'd given up my job. I'd done this long, involved training. I thought, I've got to set up in practice. Set up in practice and was blown away by the positive results I was seeing, and particularly in women's health. And at that point, yeah, you know, women who hadn't had a period, their periods would come back. Women on fertility journeys would conceive, anxieties would ease, sleep was improved. Mm. And were you seeing general types of patients, all kinds of different people? All kinds of different people, anybody and everything. It wasn't till later on that I put my focus much more into women's health, really. Right. Absolutely hooked. I went on to teach the diploma in reflexology. And did my PGCE, my teacher training, and started teaching advanced courses, CPD courses, continual professional development for reflexologists who were already qualified. And I started in maternity reflexology. That's sort of where I started. Yeah. If I jump forward 24 years to today, what I'm currently doing is I currently work for the Association of Reflexologists who is the largest membership organization for reflexology in the UK. I So I work for them part-time. I still teach advanced CPD courses, including reflexology for menopause, which is why I'm here today. Right. And do you still see people individually as well? Absolutely. And clients is what keeps my passion alive. Mm. It's where I learn as well. You yeah. know, we learn alongside with them as well. I would wholeheartedly agree with that as a
0: clinician because yeah, I do lots absolutely. of different things. Obviously, I'm a nutritionist, but I have this podcast and I write books and I run workshops. But the heart of what I do is in my clinic yeah. with my clients because, as you say, that everybody's different. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. And I think it, it's it what gives the purpose to everything else that you build on top of that.
1: Yeah, and I've said the day I stop seeing clients will be the day I stop teaching and I stop reflexology.
0: Right. Um,
1: but you know, with with women's health, we have that statistic now that women are living longer, but with more unhealthy years. Yes. And I think it's and that's that no fun, that, is it? No, it's just it. It on some days can make me feel quite outraged. I'm disappointed. But I think that's why I feel that reflexology has such a role to help with the support in women's health.
0: Yeah. Well, let's drill down into it then. First of all, what is reflexology and how does it work?
1: Reflexology is a complementary therapy, which means that it can be used alongside conventional medicine as well. And that does include HRT. And it's an ancient therapy. It's been practiced, we know, for at least 4,000 years.
0: And where's where's it come from? Is it mainly China?
1: So our first evidence that we have is China, but also ancient Egypt as well. Wow! And there's some inscriptions that have been found in tombs of the the servants working the hands and the feet. And the therapists are basically saying, I act to please you. And the the masters are saying, you know, act to make me feel better. So that's our sort of first evidence we believe is reflexology based. And there are sort of two parts to what reflexology is. And the first is that it is a touch therapy. And what the reflexologists do is they will be working across the areas of the foot, the body systems, the organs, feeling for imbalances. And I'll I'll come back to that. Now, reflexology is traditionally primarily used on the feet, but it can be also on the hands, the ears, the face as well. But reflexology is based on the theory that the whole body is mapped onto the foot and the other parts of the body as well. And what the reflexologists do is we work across the foot, the body systems, the organs of the body, And we're feeling for what we call imbalances. And this is real physical changes that you can feel. So they may be like little grains of sand. There may be popping. There may be areas which just feel much tighter than they should do or really soft and soggy. Mm. And we believe that these imbalances show that there is an issue with that area of the body, it doesn't mean there's a medical condition at all. So for example, shoulders are a classic that come up. And that may just be that somebody is being hunched over their computer all day or carrying a heavy bag on a shoulder. And with reflexology, we believe that if we can work these areas on the feet, it will bring improved function, help normalise function in the body. Now, that sounds a little (laughs) far-fetched. I just want to talk about, there were two studies done in Japan where they used functional MRI scans. And what they have shown is that there is a direct correlation between our foot map, areas of the body that are mapped onto the foot, and functioning in the brain. And they looked at the somatosensory area of the brain, which is what interprets touch right in simple terms they looked at three reflexes one of them was the eye reflex so when the therapist pressed the eye reflex point it was the facial area of the brain that showed increased activity right that was quite a small study a huge study is being undertaken doing exactly the same work in america at the moment but it's too early for us to have the results for that Gosh, I bet you can't wait. Yeah, so that's sort of our touch aspect. The second aspect is our holistic approach. And the same with you with nutrition as well. You know, it's about looking at at the whole. Yes. We are there to support. We are there to offer a non-judgmental listening ear. So it's an hour of time for that individual we can also offer general lifestyle advice as well. And that may include referring somebody to a practitioner such as yourself or saying, you know, you really ought to go and pop along and see, speak to your GP yeah. about that. So, that's- so
0: you might sometimes perhaps mm-hmm. identify a potential area of concern that might need further exploration Absolutely. elsewhere. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. How interesting. And can anybody have reflexology? Essentially,
1: yes. So it can be used from birth to end-of-life care. There are a very, very few contraindications as when reflexology absolutely shouldn't be given. But I think probably the best advice there is if you're interested, if you want to know more, is speak to a local reflexologist. Tell them about your condition and they will be able to advise you. But probably 99.5% of people, absolutely it's appropriate for them to receive it. Interesting. So
0: what should people expect when they rock up to their first reflexology session?
1: How does it work? So I think probably one of the best things about reflexology is it's very easy to receive because the most you'll be asked to remove is your shoes and your socks
0: yes yes very non-invasive in that respect
1: yeah absolutely and that also makes it appropriate for sort of the workplace as well but the first thing your therapist will do is take some background information they will gather your medical information just to check it is appropriate for you to receive reflexology Hmm. They'll probably explore what you want from the reflexology as well, just to check that expectations are realistic as well and have that conversation. But they'll also look at some lifestyle factors as well, just in case there's anything obvious that's impacting the right. symptom that you've come with as well then the best bit starts. So you will be reclined either on a couch or there's also some reclining chairs that are very common in reflexology to be used. Now, at that point, some clients do choose to talk. I think reflexology is best if you just sit back, relax and go with the experience. When I have my reflexology... I don't want to talk. I want to go to that alpha brainwave, wonderful place. Um, And for me, you know, that is best. But that's what's right for the individual. Right. Yeah.
0: Now, I came to reflexology relatively late, probably only about five years ago. I'd heard great things about it. But I am very ticklish and I was really put off by that because I just thought I don't want to end up breaking someone's jaw (laughs) by by a sort of sudden like kick reaction. So as it happens, I went to stay with a friend in New York and she said to me, Oh, I've booked us a treat. We're going to have a pedicure followed by reflexology. And (laughs) Uh, There was nothing much I could say except, oh, how lovely. And actually, it was a revelation because it didn't affect me. And I was really very concerned. I was sitting there very tensely at the beginning. So tell me, how would you reassure people who think they're too ticklish to
1: have reflexology? I mean, that is such a common concern. I hear that an awful lot. And I think it is a real barrier for some people But in 24 years of practicing as a reflexologist, it has never been an issue. And I think, you know, we work with a very precise technique. We use a technique, it's called alternating pressure technique, where we are walking, it's an on-off pressure across reflexes. There can be massage techniques included as well. But actually, it's not just a soft tickling of the feet. It's very precise techniques yeah, that we yeah.
0: use. I'd agree with that. It's it's quite a firm pressure. Obviously, you can choose the pressure. But yes. I have to say that since that uh, wonderful day in New York, I've become a massive convert and I love yes. reflexology. Yes. And and I never thought it would be something I could have. So I would like to reassure everyone that certainly from my own experience, it's, it's amazing. Go and try it.
1: And I do. I come out feeling more relaxed than I do after a full body massage. It is
0: incredibly relaxing. Well, let's get on to the menopause then. How can it help menopause symptoms?
1: I'm going to start with the evidence because that's where I like to start. And the evidence we have, we do have some research studies around this now. And we've got a research study which has shown that vasomotor symptoms, I'll come back to that, are decreased in women aged 40 to 60 and vasomotor symptoms are your hot flushes your yep. night sweat which are reported as being the most common symptom I'm not sure it is but I might come back to that as well
0: I would argue that anxiety is a much bigger symptom so would I hot flushes.
1: absolutely and I do just wonder it's because the right question hasn't been asked yeah yeah but that's exactly what I see as well in in my practice.
0: And of course, the great thing about reflexology is that it is really good for stress. It really is the most incredibly calming and relaxing experience. So if you are experiencing issues around that anxiety and, and so on, it can make a big difference.
1: Absolutely. And we do have a lot of research on that as well, including in the menopause, actually. So the other studies have shown that Quality of life scores have improved. This is all in menopause. Sleep duration is improved. I always sleep like a log after a a (laughs) reflexology session. It's amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. We then see a decrease in depression, fatigue and anxiety, which brings us back there as well. Mm, mm. So, you know, that's the evidence we have. But we now know that there's a vast array of symptoms that go along with menopause. So, you know, in my practice, you see all sorts of positive changes happening. Bleeds, you know, can can calm, periods can normalize a bit. Some clients express that they feel their brain just feels a bit clearer after. But I think it's really important to say that with reflexology, everybody responds differently. Mm. So you don't know how you're going to respond. The only way you're going to know is to try it. You know, you talked about sleep. And again, probably 90% of people after reflexology have a fantastic night's sleep. They feel really relaxed, but there is going to be a small percentage who may have a slightly disturbed night's sleep afterwards. If it's brought up emotional things, it's unusual, but it can happen. And just to be aware, that's okay. You know, your body does what it needs to. Yeah, I actually usually fall asleep on the table, which never happens when
0: I have a massage. Yeah,
1: yes. Although I feel slightly cheated. I like to get to that almost asleep because I don't (laughs) want to miss any of it. So did you use it during your own menopause? Oh, absolutely. It was was life-changing for me. And I started my perimenopause and I wasn't having reflexology at the time and life felt slightly chaotic, rather overwhelming at that time because I was working, I had young children, mm-hmm. had elderly parents, we, you know, we were having to take care of all of those things that hit at the same time. Yeah, it's a megatine, isn't it? And actually, for me, it wasn't the vasomotor symptoms that were a problem. For me, it was the bleeding and the flooding. I couldn't go out for the first couple of days of a period, which were coming fast and furiously, and the anxiety. So I was probably horrendous to live with. And I think it was probably my husband who suggested that I put reflexology back into my life. So I started a treatment swap. And within a couple of treatments, my periods had they weren't completely normal but the flooding had stopped which was a thing that was life-altering for oh, me.
0: flooding yeah flooding was my thing of all the things yeah. that happened and it is incredibly difficult to deal with yeah. so that's that's a what I call a proper result brilliant it,
1: it was absolutely and my anxieties calmed um my therapist then moved away um out to Essex and Couple of months, I hadn't found a new therapist, mm. and the bleeding came back again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: at that point, I made the decision to pay for reflexology, and again, symptoms calmed. I'm now postmenopausal. I found my my PMZ, my postmenopausal zest again. Oh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. It was an anthropologist, Mead, um, <laughs> who who termed it that. Um, but to this day, I still have my monthly reflexology for well-being.
0: Interesting. And actually, I was going to ask about that. What is optimal? Is once a month a, a good shout? What, what's what's recommended?
1: Um, it would depend. So if you came to me as a client and you were having a lot of symptoms, whatever those would be, I would say to you in an ideal world, I would like to see you once a week for four weeks and then we will spread it up with the aim to get you on to monthly, like a maintenance Mm. um, session. But I would also recognize that life isn't always ideal. Yeah. So I'd say to a client, come as often as is convenient for you because it may be they don't have the money, it may be they don't have the time. But at least once a month and try it, try and commit to sort of four sessions. You know, don't expect one to sort everything out. I think the other thing that is really important to recognize, though, is that it's the client's own body that does the healing. And it's also really important where I have seen the best improvements has been where clients have taken on lifestyle advice as well. Right. Yeah. So it's the combination. It's a Um, network of of things, isn't it? I think
0: I think well-being, health and well-being, especially during the menopause, but at any time of life, it's about putting all the pieces of the jigsaw in place. It's about the diet, it's about the exercise, it's about the the broader holistic approaches that you're taking, such as reflexology or or maybe acupuncture, or maybe massage or whatever it is that that is appropriate for
1: you. Yeah. And yes, I do. In my training, I talk about uh, the five pillars, which you've mentioned nutrition, and you've got podcasts on these. You've got the information here. Nutrition, movement, relaxation, sleep, and purpose. Yes. Um, And, you know, that is that time of life where children can leave home. You may be unhappy in jobs, but it's finding what makes you get out of bed in the morning what Mm, gives you mm. that zest for life and I think you know it's a time where we have to look for a new direction in our lives
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's really all about not just thinking about our physical well-being but taking on that sort of mental well-being and and as you say having a sense of purpose really does it gives you oomph doesn't it it gives you motivation
1: Yeah. And there's the blue zones where people Ah, live to over 100 and they talk about sense of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of
0: the many, uh, the list of things that they all have in common for these centenarians, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about uh, research already, really. I was going to ask specifically about it. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. It's great to interweave it like that. But what, what are the, are there any other common findings that you haven't mentioned yet that would be worth sharing?
1: The areas we have most research on currently is pain, sleep, and anxiety. So we have quite a lot of research around that. You know, although we don't know completely how reflexology works, we are seeing a lot of studies now in a vast range of symptoms where there are positive improvements. And that includes, we've talked about menopause, pregnancy postnatal, secondary lymphedema, post breast cancer surgery. We've got three studies in that digestive help, PMS, fatigue, you know, it's so huge, the benefits that can happen. But as you say, I think we're working on that relaxation. And if you can actually we think we do more than that. But if you can relax the blood flow in the body, which we know we do, you will get improved healing. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's huge. As you say, it's all about that physical and emotional well-being.
0: So I'm sure everybody's now thinking, well, we need to get ourselves off to a reflexologist straight away. Um, How can people find someone who's you know properly qualified and can be the real deal if they'd like to give it a try?
1: And I do think it's important to recognize that our training, our qualified reflexology, our training is a complete minefield. And you have got people who've done degrees through to people who've done a short online training course. Wow. Yeah, and I, I do. You know, it's not
0: a protected title as nutritionist isn't either. So I completely know where you're coming from. Absolutely. It's most frustrating that some people have done a weekend course and call themselves a nutritionist.
1: Yeah, yeah. or read a book. You yeah. know, yeah. It's, and I do think so. In a way, I do believe you need to have somebody who's properly qualified for your safety, apart from anything else. Yeah. And the easiest way to do that, actually, is you can go onto the Association of Reflexologists website. Now, as I said, the AOR, as as it's known, is the largest membership organization. But every single member will have done a recognized qualification. They will be insured. They're bound by a code of conduct. So you know you're going to be safe in that therapist's hand. You can go onto their website, which is aor.org.uk. You put in your postcode and it will pull up a whole list of therapists in your area. Excellent. Yeah, Um, I do think, though, what I'd recommend as well is speak to a few of them. Because that therapeutic relationship's also really important. You need to know you're going to gel with that person, that their approach is right for you.
0: Now, lots of the listeners aren't based in the UK. Do you know what they might do if they were based in North America or Australia or somewhere in Europe? Are there individual regulators within within other countries? How does that work? Do you know?
1: Yeah, most countries actually have these types of membership organisations where there are standards that need to be met for you to be a member. Right. There's actually a a reflexology in europe network which has some schools on but most countries will have their own america is very different because the regulation changes from state to state so ah. most states will have their own bodies that you go and find registered practitioners through okay excellent and
0: where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you do or reflexology in general
1: so for myself, I've got my own website, which is sallyerland.co.uk. Um, and that's primarily focused at qualified reflexologists who want to do my advanced courses. But I also do have a blog post, which anybody can read. And I've got great okay. on there about menopause, about pregnancy and about stress as well think to find out about reflexology, and again, this doesn't matter where you are in the world, have a look at the AOR site, aor.org.uk. Huge amount of information on there. They also have interactive foot maps and hand maps, so you can have a look at how the body is mapped onto the feet and then hands and just have a play around with it. Oh, I'm
0: going to do that.
1: That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) So that's worth a look. And also have a look at their YouTube videos, because there's lots of hand reflexology techniques that you can use for self-help as well. Amazing.
0: Well, that's really helpful. So I'll be sure to put links to all of those in the show notes so everyone can find them easily. It. Now we're coming to the end, Sally. Um, so, but before we go, I just want to ask you my final question, which is always the same. What would your top two tips be for women in midlife who are struggling with the menopause?
1: Okay. So I think I actually feel that with menopause, we need to try and reframe it. And I do think that menopause can be a time where we can actually, it's a time for transformation and for growth. So I think the first thing that I'm going to say is take some time out for you, might mean you have to get up 15 minutes earlier, and really consider who you want to be for the rest of your life and make a plan as to how to get there. And what I mean by that is consider your lifestyle factors and just be honest with yourself. Pick one area where you think, I could make some tweaks here. Make it small. Don't try and change everything at once because actually small changes can make a difference and that will lead you through to healthy aging, which is what we all want to do. That sounds like amazing advice. So I think that's number one. You can probably guess what my number two is. (laughs) Go on, in case I'm wrong, tell me. My number two is try reflexology. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) It probably should have been number one, but I've put it as number two. Finish on my highlight. And as I've said, you know, commit to, try and commit to four sessions and don't think of reflexology as an extravagance as a treat. But try and think of it as a tool that is just going to help improve your physical, emotional well-being and your resilience. And we deserve that.
0: We absolutely do. And I think that's a great note to finish on. We deserve it. So you deserve it, dear listener. Get yourself out there and try some reflexology. I promise you, you won't regret it. I always feel amazing after a session. Sally, thanks so much for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom. It's been fascinating.
1: Thank you, Jackie. It's been great.
0: So that's reflexology. After chatting to Sally, I booked a session straight away, as I realised it's been a while since I had one. I just know that I'll feel amazing afterwards and will have a brilliant night's sleep. So how about it? Why don't you give it a try? I promise you won't regret it. If you'd like to learn more about Sally and the work that she does or find your local reflexologist to book a session, I've put all the relevant links on the show notes, which you can find on the podcast page of my website, well-well-well.co.uk. And don't forget to pick up your copy of my book, The Happy Menopause, for nutritional advice on how to manage your menopause. It's available in all the usual places. If you've enjoyed the podcast Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and do give it a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen on. I'd be so grateful. Tell your friends and family about it too. It really does make a huge difference to the visibility of the podcast so that more women can find the show. After all, every woman deserves to have a happy menopause. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.